Welcome to Women Leading in Cannabis. I'm your host, Kira Reed. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Rosie Matteo, founder of Matteo Communications, the preeminent cannabis marketing agency in the United States. Welcome to the show, Rosie. Thank you so much for having me, Kira. I'm so excited to be here. Rosie helped usher in the new cannabis age, garnering global media coverage in mainstream publications for clients, including the first cannabis article ever published in Oprah Magazine. Over the past year, her New York firm has grown alongside the industry, adding marketing and communications for services for clients that include content, SEO, investor relations, event planning, and influencer marketing. Today, Rosie is considered a market maker in the world of cannabis. Ranked the number one cannabis PR firm by Green Market Report, Rosie is a strategic powerhouse, industry connector, and influencer. She's been named a High Times Female 50 and Forbes 15 Powerful and Innovative Women in Cannabis. It is great to have you here, Rosie. Thank you so much for having me. I always get embarrassed if people read my bio. I'm like, oh my God, like, are they talking about me? But thanks so much for the kind intro. <laughs> well, you know, I I interviewed Cynthia Salazar-Dea. I can never get her name, her last name pronounced correctly. Um, but we all know Cynthia, and she's an incredible powerhouse in the industry. And she put, produces the um, Green Market Report 100 Most Important Women list every year. And when I had her on here, we talked about that list. And she told me that the whole reason that she does that is because as women, we we don't get a chance to really be acknowledged for the incredible things that we do. And that really sat with me. And so whenever I get bios, I like to include all of the great accolades that you get because I think representation matters and it matters in this way too, that we see and we acknowledge the great things that women are doing in our space. And so I'm really excited to have you on because you've been able to accomplish quite a bit for the industry. Yeah. And I will, I will say like, that is like the most special part about this industry. I, you know, I've worked in many industries, but I, I do believe that the women, women in this industry are so incredibly supportive and we make sure that we bring each other into the room and we're always lifting each other up. So, you know, I appreciate when people do that to me and I hope to pay that forward. And like, I think that's the magic of cannabis right now. Agreed. Well, tell us about your background. How did you come to be in this position that you are in cannabis now? Yes. Yeah, so um, I started the cannabis practice of my agency um, over six years ago. And, and I say agency with a smile because when I started six years ago in the space, I was really, you know, a one woman show. I was a mother of four. My background had been um, in mainstream PR. I, I represented specialty food and some technology companies um, and really was a mainstream marketer. Um, and in 2014 uh, or 2013, I moved out to Seattle, Washington uh, with my family, which had just gone adult use. And I was approached in 2014 to the launch of a crowdfunding campaign for a cookbook because I had both food and cannabis, uh, food and tech background. 
but it was a cannabis cookbook. And I went to my mainstream, you know, food contact and tech contact that I'd worked with for so many years. Um, and they all clamored to write the story. So, you know, moving to, you know, a newly uh, legal market, um, coupled with, you know, this campaign that was so successful, a light bulb went off in my head that I could bring my mainstream background to this brand new industry. And now fast forward, you know, six years later, we're arguably, you know, as you mentioned, the largest cannabis marketing services firm in the space. We represent 50 companies and have three offices. So, you know, I sometimes have to pinch myself that <laughs> I went from literally nursing a baby in my office in 2014 to being in an office with 20 people. It seems pretty, um, it, it seems pretty wild to me even today. Well, you've been in this space now for several years. So you were, you've been here to watch a lot of things change over time especially for women. Are you finding in your practice or your firm that you are working with more women or, or less? Are you seeing more founders and CEOs who are women or less? And what do you think the reason is for the change one way or the other? Yeah. So, you know, I will say, you know, in the beginning, you know, 2014, 2015, there was a lot of, you know, press and a lot of like buzz that this is like, you know, so many women in the space and this is the opportunity for women. Um, you know, I feel very grateful that that I have had the opportunity, you know, to, to grow a business, but I will say I'm not seeing as many, right. As you know, the promise was right. And I even think about our agency and, you know, we're pretty conscious about who we bring on and we love working with women founders and, you know, women marketers. Um, but you know, when we're submitting clients to conferences, the conference coordinators come back to us and say, Hey, do you, do you, have, do you have a woman for this panel, a woman CEO, a woman in the C-suite? And I look around my 50 clients and I only have a handful of women C-suite executives. It's a little disheartening, right? But I will say that the women that I do work with, right, and and, and my network, you know, um, you know, we, we work with, uh, you know, Emily Paxia from Poseidon. You know, she's one of the most prolific investors in the space, right? So, you know, we do have some incredible women, but I would, of course, love to see more leadership that, you know, when uh, a reporter, a conference coordinator comes to me and says, who do you got for me that I have people for? So um, I have seen, not that I've seen a change, like there was always like a small group, but, you know, this promise of that this is going to be a women-led industry, you know, whatever that means, it's not where, where it should or, or can be, in my opinion. Okay, so from a PR perspective, what can we do to change this? How do we gain more of an equal footing in the industry with men? And I'm curious if you think that there's, like, is it messaging? Is it we need to organize better? What can and should we be doing right now from that marketing and PR perspective to ensure that we can keep our power gains? Yeah. So, you know, it's a really interesting question. And like we try to do our part, if that makes sense. So like we do even have like some women pro bono, you know, that we take on because you want to make sure that because, you know, part of the problem is that women, as we know, women founded companies do not get funded, you know, at the same rate as men. Yeah. So like it is harder for women to have, you know, these thriving businesses when their access to capital is just not the same, you know, as, as some of our men, our, our men peers. So like, that's the beginning problem. So like, you know, when we are in the position to perhaps, you know, help like, raise women up, you know, we are doing that. And as women, you know, we need to be, you know, while I hate to, you know, have to play like the woman car, like woman led company it just should be a company that's run by a woman, you know, we want to pitch those angles, right? So like, you know, some of these listicles that you see, sometimes they seem ridiculous, but we're behind a lot of them because we have to do our part to raid, to elevate women in this space. So, you know, we're trying to pitch stories um, and we, we encourage women founders to like, you know, pitch that you are a woman, you know, who's created this idea or this product that resonates with other women, right? And use some of the data, you know, that, you know, help, you know, the women are the ones who are, 
you know, our, our shoppers for the family. They're the ones who are making the buying decisions. So using data that we know from like across other industries and weaving that into the cannabis space, which is, you know, still new and nascent, like that messaging just needs to be forefront, like as a marketer, you know, uh, and also like, you know, as agency or, or as agencies or other marketers in space, like how can we be bringing women into, you know, bringing women into the conversation and like, it's still work and we have to work together as women to do that. Um, so really just asking for that seat in the table at the table is just so important. I heard some devastating news the other day from a friend of mine who is a sales representative um, in the central Valley area. And she said, I hear over and over again, I don't care about women owned products. My customers don't care about women-owned products. It doesn't matter. And yet I know that there is a large, I mean, I would prefer to buy women-owned products, but I've never walked into a dispensary where I've seen a section specifically calling out women and people of color-owned products. What can we do as advocates and as consumers in the industry to change that? Because we're... I mean, it's one thing as the woman inside of a company, but great change comes from the masses and comes from our body, right? What what can we do to change that? So I I do think that there's opportunities to, you know, to push retailers or some of the platforms to do things like that. And I'll plug a client just because like I, they're doing the right thing and it makes me so proud for what they're doing. We work at Jane Technologies, right? Which, which powers e-commerce for, you know, a lot of the dispensaries and a lot of the brands. And they actually do have a, you know, part of their, of their, of their platform where you, to highlight, you know, uh, uh, minority groups and women own brands, right? And I do think, you know, as women shoppers or as consumers or marketers or brands, like we we sh- we need to be having those conversations, you know, with with the buyers, right? Saying like, you know, you know, it needs to happen because, um, you know, women are like we need to share that data, right? I think we have to push, you know, if we are in the position that we have like men, you know, run companies and women like pushing those things forward and saying, you know, if you want, you know, the the male product, you're gonna have to, you know, at least take some of this with, you know, with with it as well, right? Because like, and like I say, you have to pull up a seat at the table. So if they want a certain brand, like if you're like a a, a distributor, you have that power to say, hey, to get the best pricing maybe we need to be pushing, you know, a, a woman's brands forward as well. So like, you know, don't ask, don't get, and, and that's part of it. So I think that needs to be part of the conversation. I also think, you know, as part of our women networking groups, like I know when I worked in specialty food, the buyer's only going to buy things when the consumer, right, mm-hmm. you know, has that call to action. If they're going to Whole Foods and saying, why don't I see the specialty chocolate bar that I keep saying in Shape Magazine? Why are you not carrying that, like the buyers listen to that. So I think we need to be educating the consumer as well, you know, for that call to action. If you want to see more women led brands, you need to be asking for it. So I think some education campaigns, you know, for women saying, you know, this is a new industry. We know you're interested, you know, in, in consuming or learning about the industry, you know, and, you know, we know we trust other women's, you know, opinions or women's suggestions. So when you're going to our dispensary, educate consumers to ask for those women own products. It's it's a lot of work, but it's important work that I think we can all advocate for. I agree. And I keep thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if we had all of this army of women, thousands of women in our cannabis community, who all, in, every time they went to a dispensary, we all committed to saying, where's your women owned and person of color owned brands? 
Why don't you have them on display? And we just bombard the dispensaries with so much demand that they can't ignore it anymore. I mean, we can do this. I just, I don't know why we're not. And I, that's my question for you is, you know, how do we, as this spread out group of women who, if you're in the cannabis industry, you are busy, no matter what it is you're doing. There is a very as an industry with a lot of work to get done, but how can we organize? What, how can we message to bring us more together to be able to accomplish these things and use our power to create the change that we want? I, I mean, I think it's really hard because, um, is uh, forget about even being a woman in cannabis. As we know, like cannabis is a very hard industry to work in, right? It's highly regulated. We have so many headwinds, you know, that you know a lot of the times, even like well-meaning uh, companies, like your head, your head is down, and you're just trying to 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 make it, right? Even the biggest players, right? They're all they're all faced with it. So I do think like we need to. I think it's it's going to have to be grassroots and really, like I said, like educating the consumer that like that the industry still is in its infancy and we have this opportunity, um, you know, t- to make a change. And you know, women should, you know, when they're going to their local dispensary, um, they they should be asking those questions. And like maybe it is a social media campaign, like shop women, shop minority. Um, and I think you know, as marketers and as women in the space, you know, we should use our voice if we have the opportunity to push our clients or our partners to, to take a look at it and just be part of that conversation. Agree. Well, let's have an ongoing conversation about this because I, yeah, you have a great platform and like, I know we talk about it, but like, what are the things tactically we can do? And maybe it is a social campaign or maybe it is some influencer work. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, getting beyond our, like our walls of, of us women, like how can we have those conversations with decision makers and get organized? And I think, you know, it's something that we, that we need to prioritize despite, you know, everything we else have going on in terms of running our businesses. Right. Because as founders and leaders, how painful to watch our gains slip away. When we know we're watching it happen and, you know, here it's going away. And yet we all are so dedicated, as you were saying earlier, we saw that there was a movement happening that we all wanted to be a part of. So we've got to protect those gains. Absolutely. And, you know, like, um, and I I do think, you know, that there are some, you know, brands that are really trying to to resonate with women and, and other ways that we can, you know, highlight, you know, which brands, you know, that are, that are female owned or do have female C-suite executives, right? Um, and, you know, highlighting, you know, why they're great companies, not because they're women run, but because, you know, there's thought, there's, you know, there is, you know, compliance, there's great marketing, there's great messaging, there's great people, and just really even pushing those those conversations forward about the actual product, forget about who, you know, who the founder is, right? Just really educating the masses on some of these wonderful products that our women run. Well, and from an internal perspective, it is those women. I mean, I've interviewed a lot of them. I, I just spoke with Mara Gordon earlier. I I interviewed amazing last week. And when you talk to these women, just like you were saying earlier about your own company, they, with intention, fill their companies with women, with people of color, with people who have diverse opinions. They actively help people to co-create and succeed within their businesses. They run their companies differently. Right. And I think that that's that, that's that spirit of a collaboration. Like we have to, like women, like we must band together. Like we must bring each other into those rooms. Like, and, and that's part of it, right? Like if you're having conversations with like a large MSO and you know that, 
you know, they're looking at brands. Like if you know a great brand, like don't be like, you can't be bashful, right? Like we have to advocate for each other. It's such hard work, right? Cause we're all trying to, you know, you know, make it as they say. Right. But if we're in the rooms, like we must make it our jobs to bring other women with us. And even like to see personally, like I, I, I'm a contributor, you know, to Rolling Stone and to Forbes, you know, which, which has been great. And even like when I was talking with my team about like some, you know, about like what our next themes are going to be. And I said like, and I, I had to say it out loud, even hold myself accountable that like when I'm talking, when I'm writing pieces, like I, I need to make sure that in every single article and I have to check myself, be like, am I highlighting a woman? Am I highlighting a person of color? And like, even if it's harder for me to write that story, because it is hard to find women that might necessarily fit the bill of my thesis, right? Like I got to do that work, right? Cause like, that is like, I have a platform, right? So like, we all have to check ourselves. Like, are we like looking, are we being too opportunistic for ourselves and not bringing people along? Like we need to realize that if we bring each other along, we all win. There is like enough room in this early industry for us all to win. So like, I think that's something as women in this industry, we have to remember, like, this is not a time to be competitive. Like the other PR girls in the space, like we all collaborate. Like if I don't have a contact, I'll ask one of them. And they'll tell me if they don't have a contact, I'll tell them. Right. So like, like, it, like it's the only way we're going to try. I know it sounds so hokey to say it, but like it works if you collaborate with each other and you like make it your job to elevate each other. I don't think it sounds hokey at all. And I don't think, I think it is the way that we should do things. I mean, if we're modeling anything that we do on the mother plant and what we're here to service anyway, that's how it is. It is a collaboration. It is interwoven. I mean, it isn't just THC. It's THC plus all the terpenes plus CBD that creates the incredible medicine in our bodies. And in the same way, we need each other. And I'm curious if you feel like having worked in the non-cannabis world, if it's different in cannabis, do is this what do you think if you were still in a traditional world, you would be as focused on making sure that you are showing a fair and balance, that you are lifting people up that haven't had the chance before? Or do you think that because you're in cannabis and it is cannabis, it is around medicine, and so many incredible women are drawn here that we have created a spirit of this that makes it easier to to exist in that way? I, I do think I don't know why it is, but there is something special about cannabis, like to my earlier point, where like these are such good women in this space. Like, and I worked at traditional PR firm where it was like super catty, right. Or like our clients were like nasty to us. I don't see it as much in cannabis. I don't know if it's because like, we're all like, um, rallying around like a bigger a cause that's bigger than ourselves, right? All the medicinal purposes, all the job creation, all the opportunity that cannabis can bring to us. Um, so I do think there's something unique to cannabis. And also I just even like personally, like why do I care about this? Because if you had asked me six years ago, would I run like a 35 person agency? Like I, I would have said, you're crazy, right? So like, I feel very grateful every day that like I'm in this position and like, I, I'm a, you know, I, I love the idea of paying it forward, right? Because like I say, you know, if you take care of others, God takes care of you, right? So I think like personally, um, it's super important to me to like bring other people because so many people help me out, men and women. So many people like referred me or, you know, introduced me because this is such a small cottage industry. It is so small. We all know each other. So I just do think the fact that it's a small industry 
um, there's something special about the plant that, like I said, there's a greater good that, um, that that's why it's happening in the space. Like, and I, that I didn't see in other spaces that I really haven't, especially like dealing with like women in other spaces. It just was much more competitive and cutthroat, less collaborative. And thank God, because it's such a struggle to be in this industry. And honestly, without the support of this sisterhood that exists here, I don't know how I would have made it. I mean, I wouldn't like the, the women and like my friends in the industry are like some of my closest girlfriends. I've only known them six years max. Right. Like, and like, we really all lift each other up. Like, especially, you know, during COVID where like it was so hard, right. Some of us, our mothers home with our children, like worried about our businesses, what's going to happen. Like, they get like they literally we live literally give each other strength like whether it be like a funny meme or like you know I'm with you sister let's have like a virtual cocktail or smoke like it's you know I, this is the point part that I hope as we get bigger like and I hope women get you know become more successful and run these big businesses that like we all you know stick together like we do now me too so let's talk a little bit about legalization and destigmatization from a PR and marketing perspective where yep. are we doing it right? And where are we just, we need work. Yeah. So, I mean, like there's a really interesting opportunity now, you know, now that, you know, I'm on the East coast and cannabis is coming East. Right. So this Holy grail of, you know, the female, you know, consumer or like the mainstream consumer, somebody who might, who might not have tried it before. Um, so there's a real opportunity here to get it right, right? Um, and to really educate the masses on all of the, you know, the, the wonderful things that cannabis can do, right? So I think there's a big opportunity, but like some things that people are getting wrong is like, well, it's unfortunate that like we can't make claims. Right. Sure. So, you know, because we don't have enough medical research and like it's going to be a while till we have it. Right. So I think that we need to be very careful with our messaging to make sure that we are being very compliant because giving the wrong information that even if we know like on the on the anecdotal side, the cannabis does this and does that. Like we need to be very careful because if we set the stage where we're like putting out false or like unproven information, like that can be really hurtful for the long-term success of the plant. Because somebody has a bad experience because of bad marketing, bad messaging, you might never get them back in. Right. And like the more that we can get like quote unquote mainstream women into the space, you know, who can take care of themselves and their family using cannabis, like the better off I feel like the world will be. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think like that, that's really important. And, you know, education, 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 and then we can worry about beautiful branding. Right. Like, yep. like that's the first thing, because like some people haven't tried it in so many years. And um, so I think that's really important. Uh, people who are doing it right are people that are, you know, investing in trust and transparency in their marketing. Right. And really, um, you know, talking about, you know, um, you know, their processes, who their growers are investing in like that storytelling are ones that are doing it well. Um so, yeah, I mean, those are just even like table stakes for any type of marketing. But given that it's a new product that's just coming out of the shadows of prohibition, um, it's just super important that we're, that we're representing it in the right way. What excites you most about legalization and what makes you the most nervous or concerned? I'll say the most exciting thing is that... Um, I had, um, I have a friend last night, um, like who tried, um, an edible for the first time and I was with her actually, <laughs> and we were out for dinner and all of a sudden I saw like, like, and you know, we hadn't been out in so long, right. We sat outside in the cold in New York city, but like we hadn't been out. It was one of our friends' birthdays. We hadn't been out in, in a year because of COVID. Right. And she took an edible and all of a sudden, like half an hour in it, when it hit her, I saw like her loosen up. 
And I saw her and she was laughing and she couldn't stop all like the fun things that cannabis can do for you. Right. And I was like, she hadn't had cannabis since college. Right. And it was this amazing moment. I'm like, wow, if more people, more women could have this experience. And it's like, you know, that's trusted, tested, beautiful cannabis gummy product. Right. And how like the laughter bringing people together, that more people are going to get this experience in like a safe way. Like that is so exciting for me. I can't wait for more nights giggling with my girlfriends. That's exciting for me. And of course, most excited, which you can't forget about, is like a lot of these states that are going legal are really investing in, and putting in some regulations around social equity, right? So, you know, states that are really trying to do right. And yes, there some are making mistakes. And yes, we feel like maybe it's not enough, perhaps, right? But the fact that that's the conversation and we're realizing that in 2021, we can't be building this industry um, off the backs of people who are still incarcerated for the war on drugs, the conversations and like the expungement that's coming with some of this law and like that, you know, the not being able to be you know arrested for you know certain amounts or the decriminalization of it like that to me is just so exciting that like this was not a conversation that was necessarily had six years ago with some of the original states you know or as serious of the conversations as we're having now so i'm really excited about that and just like really safe access and also um and safe access. And that's really it, you know, because we do know there's still a thriving illicit market. Hopefully, you know, 280E, you know, will go away at some point or at least be reduced so that we have, you know, safe access to this wonderful plant that can help so many people's lives in so many ways. And what are you nervous or concerned about? I mean, yeah, I'll just say this, even like as a marketer, what I'm nervous about, like I, I've been talking about this recently and I can't take total credit for this because Mary Pryor from Canaclusive really put it in my mind and I can't stop thinking about it since she said it, um, is that, you know, as a marketer and we do social media for so many of our clients, all we've been talking about for the past six years is, oh my God, when Facebook and Instagram allow us to advertise we have the holy grail. We can start promoting. We can start paying for ads. We can get our clients out. But guess what happens when it's federally legal and Facebook can do that? When Unilever has a cannabis play and they want to spend a million dollars a day on ads and I'm still on my cannabis budget and I only have maybe a million dollars over two years to spend, I'm getting outspended by the big guys, yeah. right? So yeah. those are things that I never thought about. And so there's something sort of like interesting that we're all on the level playing field. We all need to be really creative with marketing and do everything very organically. Um, but like, that's a real challenge as a marketer when we're going up against like some of the big guys, not that we're not talented to do it, but we don't have to spend, right? So that's something that I think about, like, at least in, from my position as a marketer and trying to grow a business in this space. That is really, really interesting. Because all we've been doing is like, you know, lobbying to get Facebook and Instagram to, I, I don't want them to kick us off anymore. Like you're doing shadow banning us that I don't want, but all this whole talk of us, you know, take our money. It's like, God, I'm taking my money. How am I going to go up against the Agio? Right. So just something to think about. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So to those women out there who are in marketing and PR and they're looking to make the leap into cannabis, what advice do you have for them? Um, okay. So I, I will say network, you know, um, you know, reach out like to this point, I know I keep harping on it. You know, the women in the space are very open to, you know, collaborating, meeting and taking meetings. There's a lot of opportunity in the space because, you know, to the point that, you know, a lot of the big agencies aren't in the space yet. There's so much opportunity to get into either like an agency or even like some of the brands and we're still an industry of startups and a lot of like small up and coming brands can't afford a large agency. But, you know, if you are an experienced practitioner and you come from, you know, an, um, a, um, an adjacent industry and you can bring your expertise, there's a lot of opportunities to get in with these small brands that really help them grow their footprint in marketing from the ground up. And that's how I started, right? Like, 
when, when headset started, it was like pre, like when I was with them, it was like pre their seed round. Right. And now we've been with them for six years. So I always say like, I grew up together with some of my clients and there's so many new companies that are popping up, you know, month after month, day after day that, um, you know, there's just a lot of opportunity. Is there, for someone coming in from another field, I did an interview recently and I said, well, you know, you really have to have a stomach of steel in order to, you know, be in the cannabis industry and, and work to and commit to work in the industry. And they said, oh, we've been in, in tech and marketing PR. We have a strong stomach. And I just laughed. No. Oh my God. It is not the same. And we see this by the way, because like there are some, you know, like more, what it keeps using the term mainstream, mainstream, like firms that are in the space. And sometimes we collaborate with them at different clients and it's like, oh my God, like, like they, they don't realize like how things change and, you know, like you can work on a marketing plan and then a regulation changes and you have to like scrap a whole like program. Right. So it's like, you know, come on, come on, we'll show you the ropes, you know, just have a strong stomach and get ready to pivot, pivot, pivot. That's why I think like cannabis companies were super ready for, you know, COVID. Right. And we know that, you know, that was a bright spot among COVID that cannabis deemed essential. Like we're so used to ever across the supply chain, but really having to think on your feet that like when this happened, like, we were ready, you know? So I would say that that's part, part of it was being deemed essential. Part of it being that like, you know, we got to be very nimble in this industry. It's so true. And when you're on the marketing side of it, you have to be prepared that you've spent the last year building an Instagram following and then it's gone. And then it's gone. Exactly. But there's also a forgiveness in the industry that you find that you just don't find in other industries because we all know what we go through and one regulatory change can unhinge every part of the supply chain and everybody's having to pivot at the same time. So it is forgiving, but yeah, it is, it's also quite brutal to work in the space that is, it's like, you know, the ground never stops moving underneath your feet. It's totally true. It is totally true. <laughs> what are you looking forward to most in 2021 for yourself personally and for Matteo Communications? So I'm really excited, like I said, as an East Coast-based agency, you know, I actually live in New Jersey, um, you know, really excited about what's happening here and I have so many clients that are like in our backyard now. They used to be like, I was flying out West to meet with every single client and like to have like a dispensary opening up, you know, 20 minutes from my house and we represent that client and it's going to be adult use, like, oh my God, it's really going to be part of my everyday life. Like, how cool is that? Um, so I'm excited about that. For the agency itself, you know, we're hoping, you know, that everybody's going to be vaccinated and life is going to go back to normal and we can be back in our offices every day. And, you know, we opened up a quote unquote LA office. We have seven people out there now, um, but we have no office. So I'm excited to really have it, having like beach heads on both coasts and being able to actually meet half of my employees that we've hired over the past year that I've never even met in person. In, which is like so wild to believe that. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, and just, you know, just to continue to see, you know, hopefully some of this like legislation that's, you know, to come through and really see this industry mature as we're all, we've all been like hoping and working towards for so many years. So that's what I'm excited about because I do think there could be, you know, some big changes, you know, with safe or, you know, some of it or more over the next couple of months. So that'd be exciting to, to see. Mm-hmm. And personally, I'm excited because uh, to, um, I'm going to be doing a few uh, cool fitness things personally. Um, I'm very big on working out and I, I signed up for my first uh, 
bodybuilding competition. I haven't even told my mother yet. So here we go, everybody. Um, yeah. So there's some things personally that I want to do, you know, now that I'm working from home and have like, not that I have a lot of time, I don't, but like, you know, just something to focus on that's other than work. Cause as you know, being cannabis can be all encompassing. So like setting a goal that's outside of like what I do day to day is super important to me. So I'm excited to like dig in on that over the next few months. That's awesome. Good luck. Yeah. Thank you. So where can women reach you if they want to know more? How can they find out more about your company and anything else that you want us to know about in this next couple of years, in this next year? Well, Kira, as you know, I'm very uh, active on social media. So you can always find me on, on LinkedIn and Instagram. I, I've, I've been open, you know, DM and everything like that. Um, so, and then you can find us online at Matteo.com on LinkedIn, Matteo communications on Twitter, Matteo communications. And, um, you can always actually reach out to me, email. I check every email, rosie at matteo.com. And I always welcome other women to reach out to me, um, to collaborate, to talk, to, you know, just riff with. So, you know, please feel free to reach out to me. Oh, thank you so much, Rosie. See, ladies, there is the generosity of women in this industry again. How many CEOs do you know that will actually say, just reach out, ask me questions? Thank you, Rosie. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your journey with us today. And thank you for your generosity towards women. Thank you, Kira having me. It was so great to chat with you. It really was. Long time coming. Yes, it was great to chat with you too. And I wish that we had more time because I think you and I could probably chit chat on this stuff all day. All day. <laughs> exactly. Ladies, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't yet joined the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, go to our website, womenempoweredincannabis.com and find your group, Supply Chain, CBD and Hemp, and the recently launched Women of Color. WEIC is a community that provides resources, connections, events, and content to women working in cannabis in the U.S., Canada, and around the world where there's an interest in cannabis legalization. We welcome women who are currently working in cannabis or curious about taking a leap into the industry. Consider becoming a supporting member or supporting business for benefits and access across the network. Join us next week for another conversation with women leading in cannabis. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. 
We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.